Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. Now, J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. Now, fellas, this is the 37th and final podcast of the season. Man, can you believe we've done 37 podcasts this season? <laughs> it's crazy. It's pretty crazy. Pretty <laughs> crazy. There was a time where we were just, like, knocking them out. Like, it, it was so many games in a week. It was crazy. It was. It was. It felt like it was three, four episodes a week at one point. <laughs> hey, good good content for the Bearcat fans. So, first of all, I want to ask you guys, what have what has been some of your favorite moments on the podcast this season? JT, we'll start with you. All right, favorite moments? Man, it's a good question. Hmm. Man. Put me on the spot, man, on that one. When we talk we were talking about the uh the Xavier game. <laughs> I was talking about I was gonna get it could get ugly. And it almost <laughs> went like that. That was like one of my favorite moments. And then uh talking about the chili dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Neil, you still you- gotta find he still gotta I still find gotta him that's his job, Neil. That's he got a fire. Gotcha, guys. I'll shoot him a text. <laughs> That's your job. Yeah, so you got some of the favorite moments for myself this season. Obviously, I think we gotta we gotta talk about JT always capping on road game fans. Uh, there's only gonna be 30 people in the building tonight. <laughs> there's gonna be 50 people in the building tonight. I'm just trying to get people to, the realization, man. He wasn't was lying though. That was they, they, for real. It'd be like 10 people, like it'd be like the people that take the tickets. <laughs> like the but, I don't even think they had ushers at the like at those games. This is like just say where you want, like you know, complaining. But some other favorite moments we had Wes Miller on for one of our first episodes. I thought that was a very cool uh, thing that we were able to bring to Bearcat fans. Then having David DeJulius on, I thought those were two very good episodes and a lot of content that not many Bearcats fans got to really see. So I thought having those two guys on was phenomenal. Obviously, it gave the Bearcats fans a little bit of an inside scoop of what those guys are like outside of the basketball world. So I'd have to say that one. But another one I'd have to think about would be uh, when my cat tried to – End an episode when we were filming. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That the leap cool. of faith during the Maui Invitational preview. And yeah, almost ended one of our episodes. So shout out that didn't happen. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was a pretty funny moment through this season as well. Oh, I've got so many. Um, uh, trying to guess what was in JT's cup. what's in the cup what's in the cup or for Um, fans wondering it was whether it was the cup the night before or was the what's in the cup at 10 (laughs) a.m that's that's the uh that's the real night before night before (laughs) um that yeah neil finding out you have eight cats (laughs) 
it's crazy. <laughs> Not by choice. Not by choice. <laughs> the Wu Tang Clan. Of- <laughs> um, I guess this this we mentioned this before. Um, I don't know if it was last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, but when uh, when when Neil kind of went missing. He was. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was out with some friends and had a good time. And oh yeah, yeah, made it back. We're all good. We're all good. I text JT. I said, "Man, Neil's missing, dog. Like, like real missing. Like." Nah, I was just slumped. It's all that matter. It was funny. I was like, man, he probably just over somebody else. Man, <laughs> was that like, was the case. I was, that... I was so, I was so like, just, I was like, so dismissive. I was like, uh, man, he probably just went over somebody's house and passed out or something. And then he's like, he was like, man, he was like, man, man, try to try to find him if you can. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Man, and then, like 30 minutes later, he texts me like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> we, were, we were worried, man. Oh, they, had, man. they had detectives out looking for you. Man, Columbo, it was crazy. Magnum PI was out looking for you. Yeah. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. It was like, right? Then we just like do an episode, like literally like the night before or something like that. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Have you seen? Have oh, you yeah. seen them? I was like, well, JT, it's just me and you on the podcast. I know, that's what I was thinking too, man. I was like, we got to have a um have a have one of those shirts for him, have like a little uh, fish fry for him and stuff. So he's trying to find them. A little candlelight visual. Yeah, we definitely would have had the t-shirts. We'd have, We'd have had t-shirts, man. We'd have had t-shirts for you, Neil. We'd have kept your name. Oh. Keep your name living, man. <clears throat> I think I appreciate I think- that. <laughs> Um, I, I, and Neil, you brought this up. I think the Wes Miller interview and the Juice interview was good because I think we gave the Bearcat fans a different kind of view into a coach and a player, what they're like off the court, who they are as a person. Like Wes goes to movies by himself, you know, and 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 to Julius, like what what what's his mindset? I think that's cool because we talk so much about stats, what these guys need to do on the court. And and people need to see what goes into making that person that you either see on the sideline or in between the lines. So that's what I really loved about those interviews. And also um, our interview with uh, Russ and Anisha with Taxley. You know, we went out and interviewed them and I thought that was very it was very informative um, always good to interview Bearcat fans, see what made them fans. And obviously, Anisha became a fan because of Russ. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she married into the fandom. Yeah. True, true. They're, they're such great people. And that, that's a good segue into saying that, um, you know, we'll, and we'll get into this a little bit more later. And that's just, you know, thank you to all the sponsors out there um, that were riding with us this year. Um, it's been a great ride all season, and uh, couldn't have done it without those sponsors. So, huge shout out to them. Yeah, most definitely. Let's give a huge shout out to them. So, we appreciate everything they've done for us and wanting to take this leap of faith with us. Obviously, this is our first season, all three of us together. So, we appreciate them for trusting in what we were doing, and uh, hopefully, we can keep this thing going. And we're looking forward to what's next. Maybe we can get a uh, like a pet store 
to sponsor. <laughs> you got any damn cats, bro? We'll get, get you some cat yeah. food or something. Yeah, cat litter. <laughs> greatest gotta, thing they need. That's got to be expensive over time with eight of them bad boys. Bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> gotta be. Man. It ain't coming out of my wallet. I'll say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Huh? <laughs> all good in the hood over here. My question, <laughs> it ain't coming out of my wallet. The question is this, though, Neil. Like some people have a fish tank, right? And they just keep adding fish to the fish tank. And it's, you know, it, it is what it is. After you get to like five cats, there's got to be a like, okay, how many more? Like this is getting. That, that was the question. I, I remember we had five and I remember I came home one day and I went to use my bathroom, which is down here in my little man cave office, whatever we call it. And I opened the door. And there was four more sitting, four more kittens just sitting there. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. You got to be kidding me. You guys got to start mm-hmm. selling them or something. <laughs> you would think. You would think, right? SPCA, something. But, man, nope. The Meyer household it is. <laughs> You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, normally, we discuss players to watch and key matchups. Now, since this is our last podcast, instead of doing that, I would like to cover players for the Bearcats this season that you thought either exceeded expectations or players that were just flat out disappointing for you. JT, we'll start with you. All right. So for exceeded expectations, I'm going to go from the beginning of the season. I will say uh, Victor Locken. I feel like he made such a big jump from um, last year to this year. I uh, thought he was a lot better, um, even though, like, at the end of the year, that after that ankle injury, it kind of slowed him down, you could tell. Yep. But at the same time, I thought he made such a big jump that where he's, like, one of the pieces where you can see that they can build from, build with, per se. Um, let's see. Disappointing appointment. Mm, let's see. It's a good one. I'll say it's a pointing. Hmm, it's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. And let me let me point out to Bearcat fans. Um, I did not give Neil or JT any information on what this podcast is going to be about. So a lot of these questions I throw throwing at them are there's no prep in this. It's oh pretty, yeah, pretty no, much no, off this the is, top, so. Yes, it's all off the top, like. Off the top, everyone. That's what make that's what's making me like, damn, why are you why are you taking so long to answer the question? <laughs> no, <Nah>, but uh <laughs> answer the question. No, nah, but uh man, that's a tough one. I would say it's kind of, I could probably make it a two-part answer. Um I'll say Kalu early in the season. I thought he was gonna be more of an impact player. Just from like all the stuff I was hearing and seeing him play, and then he was like kind of rough. I think he was kind of rushing. And in the, the season, I feel like he definitely stepped it up mm-hmm. and was a positive, per- like a positive impact player. But I thought he was going to be more of a 
like from day one just like imposed his will as like hey i'm a 10 to 15 i'm a 15 to 20 minute guy i'm gonna do this and then that didn't happen so that was kind of disappointing um i'll say him but i like how he didn't like hold his head and he kept battling he was actually a part of the, the um you know it helped his team make a final run um besides that i'll say like like micah i'll say micah um kind of because he started off like he had like that good solid spurt like at the beginning of the season early in the aac um in the aac play and then he kind of just hit a cliff and just he had like the one game i think against temple but after that i mean before that he it was kind of rough i thought he was disappointing because i thought he had turned a corner um where i was kind of expecting him to be like the if somebody was falling off he pick up the slack and it didn't happen at the end i was kind of so i'll say that's that those two um so that's where it's the two part because i feel like beginning of the season micah was stepping up so huge by the end of the season he just was like i don't know if he ran out of t- ran out of gas or what but i know because with um rob being hurt you know they only really had two main ball handlers and then you had nolly taking taking that role a little bit as well but um with just him and dave you really didn't have any backup you know minutes so that that could have played a part in it as well um but um all things conceived i say like he started off so hot or started off so consistent and just kind of withered withered a little bit at the end so i say like those two is probably like Beginning of the season, more Kalu. End of the season, he kind of picked it up, and I feel like the beginning of the season, Micah was was there, like kind of stamp, you know, stamping his flag. And at the end, he kind of withered away. So I, that's that's my two part part of it. Neil, yeah. So I I would have to agree with JT there on both of those statements, both of those guys there. Uh, reason why I say Victor Lockin was probably the most improved player was because this is a Victor Locken, for those who didn't know, was battling injuries since he came over. Back in the John Brandon, the COVID year, he had the the knee injury. Then last year, he uh, struggled at times to really stay, stay healthy, but we kind of got a glimpse of him last year. And then all the way up until this the ankle injury, if he doesn't suffer that ankle injury uh, versus Tulane, he's putting himself in contention to maybe make a first-team all-conference or even a second-team all-conference selection. So uh, I thought the strides he made this season were phenomenal. I mean, I I think there's some things to go and build off of heading into this offseason. Obviously, heading into the Big 12, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be in the Monster Factory a little bit. But I thought Victor uh, Locken took tremendous strides this season. Uh, both were career highs and – uh, points and rebounds, so I thought that was fantastic to see from him. But on the disappointing aspect, I, I would have to go the first half of the season with Kalua Zepke just because of we we all thought he was going to come in here. From everything we saw, we heard, and all that, we, we were thinking he was going to come in here, give you that, as JT mentioned, that 15 to 20 minutes kind of night, get you a good 9, 10 points a night, Six boards, that's what we were thinking of right when he came in. I mean, he averaged almost 12 and I believe seven at Old Dominion in his uh, senior season. So I think fans were really kind of expecting that. But 
I, I was just, I'm just proud to see how he, like, he, he was deep out of the rotation. And there was games where he didn't play for four or five games straight, I believe. But he fought back and came to practice every day. He didn't put his head down, came back, fought back. So the second half of the season for Kalu was great. It was phenomenal. Like, that's what you, that's what they brought him here to do was what he did there in the second half. I thought he really complimented Odie and Vic well there in the second half. And, he kind of imposed his will on teams a little bit. I mean, we saw him throw the big poster down late in the season. We saw him really start to turn some pages. I thought he played really well versus Houston in both games. I thought his size and his physicality really matched up well with a guy like Jarese Walker, who's going to be a top 10 pick in uh, the NBA draft probably here in the next couple months. So, But overall, I thought if you give Kalua Zepke a little bit more time there heading into the season to get his feet wet, I think we'll be uh, talking about him a little differently here in this conversation, but his second half of the season was great. I thought he really turned it around, but the disappointment one was there at the beginning half of the season. Cause if I remember right, I believe we all were sitting out of practice and we all, I don't, I can't recall if JT was there or not yet, but I know Alex and I were there. We were, we all wrote down our starting five and gave our predictions. And I, I'll say it, I, I had Kalu as my, my starting five and I had Vic at the four, if I remember right. So overall I had Kalu starting entering the season and then I kind of saw his minutes grow there late in the season. That's when he turned things around. So that's, that's where I would have to go with this. The big O segment is sponsored by Donahue accounting services. Okay. So I've I've got a couple things I want to throw at you guys. Um, One, one guy I thought exceeded expectations. And this is some guy that JT was high on from the beginning and that's Dan Skillings. I think Dan Skillings um, had a way better season than I thought he was going to have. Um, I thought there were guys that were in front of him that were going to probably play a little bit more. Um, and I was a little concerned in terms of Dan's um, just basketball experience because he started the game a little bit late. So when you come to college, that learning curve is is pretty tough. But he – I mean – his athleticism and just how hard he played and he played with a smile and a certain attitude. I think it made up for a lot of mistakes he made. JT, you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cause he, he still had to be better defensively. Um, and then at the beginning of the season, he was missed. Like he would make the move then he might miss it a little bit. And at the end of the season, he was starting to make it. Yeah. It's just like, man, like you could just see like the growth. And then at the end of the season, he was like, taking dudes one-on-one sometimes i'm like oh snap okay you know so uh yeah his growth i thought he was gonna be good i just thought like he, what, what what i was scared of for him was like was it how good the team was going to be where was it going to push him out where he wasn't going to get the minutes to be able to grow on the yeah. floor and yep. i think he i think west did a solid job of being able to get him in there and sometimes he would take him out of course but you know, he allowed him to make a few freshman mistakes. I think that's going to just help him, especially next year, um, a ton, especially going into the Big 12. And, and I don't know if we've talked about this before. I can't remember. But um, one of the NBA scouts that attended the Bearcat game, or should I say games this year, said he thought that the the one of the brightest NBA prospects on the Bearcat team was Dan Skillings. That was straight from a, um, an NBA scout. So that just that just tells you what he's capable of doing, the talent he has. Um, so you guys touched on, you know, Vic. We always we know about his capabilities. Um, I was proud to see Odie uh, come on strong. Yeah. 
you know, Odie really kind of think turned things around, got comfortable. And, you know, yeah. we kind of joke about how he was, he was pump faking the, the concession people, pump faking cheerleaders. <laughs> he was pump faking anybody and wasn't shooting <laughs> basketball, right? Early yeah. on. <laughs> right? Just lack for of sure. No, for sure. Um, and I, I think he really settled in and, and really props to David DeJulius. A lot of things people didn't see in games was uh, Juice was telling Odie, shoot the ball, man. You, you can do it, man. Like, you know, he talks about he leads with love, and you can see him doing that with Odie. And I think over time, it it really paid off. Um, another person I want to bring up is Josh Reed. I thought we saw glimpses of what Josh Reed is capable of and, and the type of player that he'll eventually become in a Bearcat uniform. I was a little disappointed he didn't play more, um, or at least consistency, consistently um, during the season. There was times where he played, it was like, Man, he just he just he does positive stuff when he gets in. Will he get more minutes? And then JT, it was like he wouldn't play. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Like, yeah, his his minutes dwindled at the end. I was like, ah, man, it's tough. So, yeah, I was I was hoping him to get in a little bit more. I know, like, it was a couple games he got in late, and he was kind of missing. I think he might have missed the rotation or a box out a couple times. Mm-hmm. Kind of burned him, um, but I was like, "Dang!" Because I was definitely wanting him to get more burn at the for sure during the season. And it was like it was times where he was getting it, and after a while, it kind of slowed up. And, and, and one thing I'm going to talk about a little bit later when we when we kind of dive into our our last segment, I think losing John Newman early and the basically up and down season that Rob Finnessy had with his injuries, Neil, I think. That was crucial, <clears throat> I think, in the Bearcats' inconsistency. You lose two guys like that, Neil, and that, that could hurt any basketball team. Yeah, no, especially losing a guy like John Newman, first game of the season, basically. Uh, arguably the team's best on-ball defender. I mean, it's never easy to see a guy who arguably was going to probably be in the starting lineup this season or be that first guy off the bench. Uh it's, it's really hard to see a guy like Newman uh, get go down early in the season because then it's season's already started. You're trying to find your uh, your spot with this team. You're trying to find everything. Everyone's starting to get their roles, and then all of a sudden it just quickly it quickly changed just like that. And I think I think that's the thing that uh, really hurt early. I mean, the Bearcats got battle tested right off the gun. Uh, right off rip, once John went down, I mean, he goes down and six foot seven forward. He's got the length, a very good defender, but has the ability to go off and get himself a bucket at times too. So they lose him. It forces some other guys into some situations there that were they might have not been used to heading into the season. So they had to refine their role, and obviously that takes time. And then we talk about the injuries with Rob Finnessy. Uh, he goes down with basically a broken foot early December. And then he comes back, gets about six games under his belt and then tears his patella tendon. And just like that, like right when he's starting to get back going, adversity hits again. And it's, it's never easy when you see those, those things happen. And unfortunately two of them came to, they both came to the two best defenders on the team, arguably. So it's, it's never easy to see that go down and it's not something you want to see on anybody. 
but it, it definitely played a part in what this Bearcats team was able to do this season. I know, obviously, Rob fought super hard to get back on the court in the first place from the broken foot, and then John's injury was a little bit more serious, so uh, the recovery time was a little bit longer than what people know. So just like that, I mean, Rob had a whole broken foot, and then he was out there back. I think he only missed like a month. So even then, he missed 13 or 14 games, and it's really hard to find your momentum, get back up to speed and whatnot after missing such extensive time. So overall, I I think if both of those guys don't suffer the injuries, I think we're looking at a whole different team. And unfortunately, you hate to see those things, but injuries happen in sports. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of circumstances going on now. So uh, something you didn't wish to see, but they both turned out to be phenomenal leaders for this program. And uh, we saw that all season. We saw what they were, the energy they bring during practice season. If they couldn't go, we saw the energy and the uh, leadership they provided to this team. So they still impacted this team in many ways on and off the court. Yeah. And, and, and two last guys I want to talk about, and we can move on here. Um, I, I, I got to give a shout out to Jeremiah Davenport for, you know, this guy gets moved to the bench. And I think prior to that, I don't know how many games he started in a row, whatever that that number was. But you, you get a guy to move to the bench, and when he comes in the game, he still plays hard. And there's one thing you got to say about Jeremiah. If you ever watch a UC game, when you see a teammate go down, one of the first guys that runs over to help him up is Jeremiah Davenport. Exactly. When, when, when the guys huddle during a free throw, Jeremiah's got his arm around everybody. So from a character standpoint, uh, you got to give JD a, a lot of props. <clears throat> um, and then, and then lastly, um, you know Jared Hensley, um, he goes from you know playing some some solid minutes here and there to pretty much just completely dropping out of the rotation and you know not getting those consistent minutes anymore. And that was disappointing because I thought. Um, he was a guy that could really help them not only this year, but I think moving forward with his length uh, matchup problem on offense could really guard multiple positions. And it's one of those things where style of play changes, you know, you get guys that, you know, John Newman's and Rob, who you talked about, Neil, they go out and, 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 you know, they got to change the style of play and and Jared just fell out of the rotation through that. You lose your confidence as a player. And his confidence was was pretty much shot. So, I mean, that was disappointing to see. Um, but I, I think, you know, that was a pretty good wrap-up of uh, a lot of the guys this year. And I think most Bearcat fans would agree with a lot of things that, that we, we said, were saying because that's pretty much a consistent, you know, theme amongst people that actually watch UC basketball, right? I don't think we've said anything that's been out of pocket, JT. No, no, for sure. Definitely. Definitely similar thoughts, you know. Yep. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. Dot com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, normally, this is where we cover the keys to the game. 
but let's cover the highs and lows of the season. So, JT, I'll start with you. Some highs and lows, you know, game-wise that you saw this season. All right, highs. Hmm. All right, the Temple win in the, in the uh, AAC tournament. Let's see what's another high. You beating UCF at home. I just feel like the the crowd was rocking. The Virginia Tech win in the eight in the uh, in the NIT. Um, don't think those are pretty pretty good highs. On um, the lows, oh man, it's a few lows. Uh, <laughs> just being real, real with it. Um, the NKU loss. Oh my God, that still is giving me nightmares. Uh, Xavier loss. That one was more of a low, just because like they played so terrible in the first half. But then the ref, the refs on that call, man, they got let that slot. They got let that one go to OT. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one go. He went straight up. Yeah. But uh, that game that like, they fought so hard to get back. And then David to make that, you know, to have that hell of a set, that hell of a game, just for ref to be like, call that ticky tack foul. Mm-hmm. It was kind of rough, man. I feel like they go to overtime. I think they win it, and that change that might change the whole season. Damn, I, like, I agree with that. I like, agree it with might that change well. the whole the whole season. Like no BS. So it was like, man, that's BS, straight BS. But that's the low because you lose to Xavier. Xavier makes the Sweet Sixteen. We don't make it to the you know, to the, you know, make it to the big dance. Um, I'll say not getting a staple, like a, a staple win against like the big dogs in AAC, like mm-hmm. Houston and Memphis, those two for real. Um, and where they had chances, you know, I feel like they, they played, they came out flat at home, I think against Houston and Memphis both, but I think they played them both way better on the road where um, oddly, and you know, for them to almost, I mean, they they were controlling most of the game at, at Houston, and they let it slip. And it was like one of those games. They win one of those games. Um, Memphis was on a roll later in the season, so it was you know that's neither here nor there. But I think that Houston game would have gave them a shot. I think you beat Houston, you might have a chance to make it to the big dance and not have those. I mean, you lose to what was it ECU? You lose ECU on a road. Yeah, ECU. Yes. Absolutely. Lost Tulane, double overtime. Yeah, Tulane, ECU. The ECU one was just, oh, my God. But then – We called that, though. We said – You said it, man. It's 10 people there. (laughs) Temple lost on the road. You could throw into that one as well. Yeah, Temple. They let dude have, like, 20 rebounds. And then – um, so it was a lot of lows, man. (laughs) I mean, not to be – I mean, it was a lot of lows that stuck out. I I just remember, like, it was yesterday kind of a thing. But – I mean, it was still some highs, but it was a lot of lows. But I think the, the thing is, it was a couple games. Like, I feel like even a high, now that I think about it, a high was when they barely, when they competed so well against Arizona, too. That gave me hope. Mm-hmm. And um, just didn't win. Like, the NKU loss was like, oh, man. Well, that was before they went to the tournament. That was before they went to the Maui, right? Lost the NKU, then went to Maui. Yep, right, right before week before so, Maui. Yeah, so it was like you play so bad against AKU, then you battle with one of the best teams, even though they lost in the freaking first round of the tournament. But that's they still like far as pure talent, they still probably were a top five team. Pure mm-hmm. talent. I don't see I don't know how the hell mm-hmm. they lost. Um shout out to Princeton though, but damn, I don't see how Arizona lost that game. But um yeah, man, they gave me so much hope and then they just 
you know, right when you thought they were turning the corner, they would have another pitfall that you thought they could avoid. You know, that's 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 what this year was. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Sorry for the rant. That's right, Neil. Yeah, so obviously some highs were uh Arizona out in Maui. Um, then you have the, I thought the second half of the Xavier game was phenomenal. Uh, as JT mentioned, I think I think that foul call there was a little bit outrageous. I think you gotta let them boys play. And it was it was a clean foul. Fa- it wasn't even a foul, he was straight up. Uh David DeJulius's 30 point night on senior night is one that was definitely a high because man has he deserved everything that came for him in that moment. And uh, that was just a pretty cool moment to see. Uh, We talked about the Xavier game. Uh, We can throw Odio Guama's poster dunk on Jack Nunji up there Mm -hmm. as one of the highs. Uh, We could also throw in the uh, Victor Lockin Maui attire for those who were in the press conferences or saw the press conferences. He came in drippy with the uh, the Maui attire after the Maui Invitational. So I thought that was pretty funny. He pulled out his sunglasses, his hat, everything. It was a pretty funny moment there. Uh, another high was a good laugh we had with John Newman when he uh, interrupted the press conference and asked uh, David <laughs> Julius if he could have his wings. Pretty funny moment there. Uh, some other highs, though, were like Virginia Tech and the NIT even. Uh, the 30-point win in first Temple down in Fort Worth, which was a game I was at. And they, they look like a whole completely different team. They're uh, down in that matchup. I thought that was that was great. Uh, the UCF at game at home, as JT mentioned, the crowd was just absolutely electric. Uh, the environment was crazy. I thought that, that game was really well. Uh, there was a lot of highs, I thought. I thought David DeJulius really took off the – some nights Landers Nolly really kind of took off and kind of it made you take some steps back and was like, okay, this is what this is what they're doing now. But then you look back at the lows, you have you obviously have the NKU, uh, the NKU loss. We can even throw JT didn't hit on this one, but I'll throw it in there. Uh, well, we kind of have to throw it in there. The loss to Ohio State in Maui, uh, especially after Ohio State struggled late in the season to get blown out by 30 to a team that went on to lose, I think 12 straight at one point, if I remember right, isn't ideally. Uh, But then you look at the lows, obviously we talked about two of the lows and John and uh, Rob both going down with injuries for majority of the year. And then we have the ECU loss. We have the Temple loss early in the season. And then it just – as JT also alluded to this, but they just couldn't get over the hump versus the teams like Houston and Memphis. They had the opportunities there, close games, just couldn't capitalize on the opportunities. And I think if they get one or two of those, it's a different situation, different outcome on the season. Uh, a lot of people were probably going to be considering this loss to Utah Valley State as a low. However, I'll be the first to say it. That's not a low. That Utah Valley State team is very good. Trey Woodbury could probably be playing on any any team in the college basketball if he wanted to right now. He's that good. They have two other great guards who are probably 
high mate. I wouldn't say high major, mid major, high major conference guards. They'll probably could probably go on and get some bigger school options. So that Utah Valley State team is a very good team. So you, me personally, fans shouldn't consider that a low. But overall, just even just making it to the NIT was a high this year, just based off of what this team went through last season. I think they went, what, 18 and 13, if we remember right. But they achieved their first 21 season since 2019 to the 2020 season. So I thought I think that's the step of, in the right direction that they were expecting. However, obviously, if things played in other circumstances and different cards were played, obviously, if you don't lose guys like John and Rob to injury, Vic doesn't go down. Uh, obviously things might've been a little bit different in terms of win losses or whatnot, but overall, I thought, I thought there was a lot of highs this season. There was also some lows, but me personally, I'm going to go with a lot, a little bit more highs than lows this season. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. Okay. So the Bearcats finished 23 and 13. I thought one of the highs was, the run they made in the NIT. Now, uh, and Neil, you talk about this. The Utah Valley State. I would have loved to have seen them beat Utah Valley. That would have that would have been great. But to get these guys inspired to even make the run that they did in the NIT, I, I, I thought speaks volumes of Wes Miller and his staff. So that was impressive. Uh, we said NKU loss was bad. Arizona, that show what we're capable of. Um, what could have been with the Xavier game if we win that. Um, to lose at Houston, and we were there. We were right there. Um, once again, that like the Arizona game, showing what we're capable of. Um, and listen, I thought overall, just, just to kind of sum it up, I thought the season, um, I thought we had a decent season. Obviously, it was an upgrade from, from last year, and I think we have to look at it like that. Um, at times, we were capable of playing better. Um, the season could have been a lot different if a few things – uh, went a little different way, but hey, that's sports, and that's just the way sports goes. And we're seeing that NCAA tournament right now. The four teams that are in the Final Four, I mean, nobody nobody had that Final Four picked out. Nobody had Florida. Man. The Florida Atlantic. No way. No way. In the Final Four. No way. Anyway. Not many people had San Diego State in there either. So People did, and but the, here's the deal. That's sports. So – let me let me give you a and, and and what I'm trying to say with this is and and I hate to be this guy but if John Newman's healthy if Rob Fennessy's healthy if a couple things go a little bit differently like the Xavier game when it used who knows what this team could have done with confidence in a turn you just don't yeah, know that's don't. sports right you have to take what you're given injuries happen things yeah. happen to players. And it can go one way or another. And in one moment, you look great. And the other minute, people are, like, questioning what you're doing. Um, but overall, uh, I think I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about, you know, the direction of the program, which I do want to get into here very shortly. The Kenyon segment keys to the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota will help you get ready to get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. This is where we cover hot topics. 
And listen, the hottest topic we could talk about right now is who's coming back next season, <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's start it off where we need to start off. And we're going to talk about Landers. But first, we know that Kalu, Rob, and Juice are for sure gone. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Landers. JT, you want to talk about what's going on with Landers right now? Yeah, for sure. As uh, uh, me, if people have been paying attention, um, uh, some other outlets as well, but I know me and Neil have been real close to the situation. Um, Landers, Nolly, you know, he's accepted the Portsmouth um, Invitational, uh, I forgot, Portsmouth Invitational invite, um, which were like, think all the like top seniors get to go to then i don't know what like what the rating or whatnot is on that I, but i know this this thing's been going on forever um and i know that come that happens in a couple weeks so like he's still eligible to come back um per se for his, his COVID year but just from what i know like normally when people go to the the portsmouth normally they're not coming back but i'm i mean that's not like i've heard from landers that he's not coming back at all but I mean, I'm guessing if he hears what the right things, of course. But um, and then also doing research, I think he has until to June twelfth. Yeah, it's the first week of June. He's got to yeah. to be able to come to say like, "Hey, I'm coming back." I think it's not. June second. Yeah, whether he can pull his name out, he has all the way up yeah. until June second, I believe. So, so it's pretty pretty got a pretty good good window to see what's going on. It's just gonna be interesting to see if he comes back. He's, you know, that was one of my keys of how fat how fast the Bearcats handle the transition to the Big 12 if they can keep Landers. Um, but if they can't, that's they're gonna have to get a big time wing score to come in, or the freshmen have to come in and be ready. And you know, or or the JUCO transfer. I feel like they have to be like super ready, but you definitely gotta replace that. I I you know, um in general, I think Dan Skillings is gonna take a hell of a jump like from this year to next, but I still think you got to replace it because you're going to lose Juice, who is steady Eddie. You know how he changed his game. He went from beginning of the season, he was only averaging two assists to finishing damn near averaging six. So mm-hmm. um, you got dynamic guards coming. I just hope that Day-Day and Jizzle are able to hit the ground running, but I just think they might need to get it like another combo guard, maybe a little bit taller guard to maybe help ease the pain a little bit because they're going to the big 12 and not, not all the teams are great, but they, they know. Oh, I mean, it's the best con- basketball conference. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's just like those teams know how to play each other. So it makes it even, you got top level talent. They know how to play each other. They got your scouting report playing them two times a year. So you're going to need a couple more people. Um, so that's going to make it interesting, man. Cause if Landers doesn't come back and if I'm a betting man, I say, no, and if he does, that's even better than like you kind of are. Ex- you get like a top tier guy coming back, but you have to replace that guy. Um, and you already have to replace Juice, so that's like it's huge, um, huge on the staff. Portal is going to be real. Then you got to think about who's staying and who's going. So, um, but you gotta you have to get better no matter what in the portal um, going into the Big Twelve. They need some more bigs. And then they need, I think maybe John, if they can get John Newman back, you know, for the extra year, that the medical red shirt, that'd be great. But they still need to probably get another just like combo guy that can score and play defense because you lose Landers. That's 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 not a that's not a, a small loss at all. Neil? Yeah, so I think 
Uh, obviously, JT kind of alluded to the Landers Nolly situation. Uh, that's something we are both very close to. Uh, however, if JT kind of alluded to it, the Portsmouth uh, Invitational is for seniors typically uh, looking to kind of test the draft waters. I know uh, me and Parker actually talked about this today on our uh, episode of At Large Bid. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, Arizona's Courtney Ramey accepted the uh, bid to the uh, Portsmouth Invitational last season as well and then decided not to go to the NBA draft and pulled his name out of it. I can't remember if he signed with an agent or not. It sounds like Landers Nolly is going to do this process without, uh, while maintaining his college el- eligibility. But however, uh, Courtney Ramey is a perfect guy to use in this situation for the Portsmouth uh, Invitational Classic uh, point guard for Arizona. Uh, he did this kind of same thing where he tested the water. He accepted the Portsmouth uh, Invitational invite, played in it, and then came back, uh, transferred from Texas to Arizona, and then was forced to sit out the team's first three games because it technically wasn't deemed a uh, certified NCAA event per the ESPN report. So not no one's really kind of knowing what this is going to lead to. But however, I mean, if he goes out there and hears what he wants to hear, uh, you never know what could happen. He might be able to keep his name in there. No one really knows. We aren't 100% sure yet. But that is something to kind of keep in the back of your head because this is something that was very recent in college basketball and happened to be one of the uh, biggest name players in college basketball this season. Obviously, Courtney Ramey did big things for Arizona this season. But, however, Landers has until uh, the first week of June to really kind of test out waters and uh, see whether or not he gets the feedback he wants to receive in this process. But losing him would be a huge loss. Um, Not saying, like, if he does play in this and comes back, whether it looms or whatnot in the suspension, it's just something that uh, the NCAA has dealt out in the past. So uh, just something to kind of get a little more insight for the fans out there on that aspect of what the Portsmouth Invitational is Uh, just to kind of do a little bit more research. I know we're still doing our research on it as well and finding out the ins and the outs for players who go out there and whether or not if they play, are they eligible to come back if they have that extra year, which is what, Ramey did, for instance, this season, and Landers Nolly's doing the same thing. So uh, just something to keep an eye on there. Obviously, if you do lose him to the NBA, it's a huge loss, uh, especially with David DeJulius going, uh, you no longer having eligibility left in college basketball. I think it was, uh, if you can, if you lose guys like David DeJulius and Landers Nolly, it is a, uh, you're losing about 40, 45% of your scoring. Uh, first team all AAC, a third team all AAC. Like, it's not it's not ideal. Uh, many people kind of know that it's not an ideal spot you want to be in. But Landers Nolly still has the option to return, so that's something uh, people have to remember. But I think if you can go and get you another couple bigs, obviously Odio Guama is one of those guys who can come back if he would like. Uh especially with the COVID year. Uh, I've seen some rumblings on Twitter of some guys they've been in contact with. We're not going to say names or anything like that. So uh, I've seen some stuff floating around on the internet. Obviously, 
they're looking. And if you can get a big man, albeit obviously everyone knows the Big 12 is very physical. Uh, obviously, I think if you can get another combo guard like JT mentioned, you're in great hands there. But overall, I think those are the two spots you got to add, especially if John Newman doesn't get uh, what uh, the situation he's working on. Uh, it sounds like last time we asked Coach Miller for an update was they were hoping Newman would be able to return next season. It's still up in the air. They said it was for the best team's kind of mutual interest that they both wanted it. Uh, but for many people know, they would have to go through the NCAA. He would have to get, I'm pretty sure it would be a waiver to get that red shirt. So uh, that's the situation we're also following closely on. So uh, I think if you can get Newman to return, that's a big step. Obviously with the development of Dan Skillings, you're bringing a guy like Jizzle James, Day Day uh, Thomas, two uh, big transfer pieces. And then uh, if you can add maybe a big man or another combo guard or scorer in that process, I think you're in good hands heading into the next season as well. The tournament segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. <clears throat> now, so let me let me touch on Landers real quick. Um, and, and with him going to, to test the waters with the NBA, um, my, my personal opinion is I think it would be best for Landers to come back to UC this coming season, play another year, uh, work on some things to his game, really kind of showcase – what uh, what all he can do, even at a higher level. <clears throat> I think it'll put him in a little bit better position. But my gut feeling is he doesn't return at all. And so let's say he doesn't get drafted. I think he's a guy that would look to jump into the G League or go overseas. Um, that's what a lot of guys do. But I, I think it would be best for him to come back, but I don't think he's going to come back. Um, <clears throat> now let me jump into a couple other guys here that I want to talk about. Um, and, and listen, a lot of people are talking about this. You got JD, um, you got Hensley, you got Sage. Um, let's just talk about those three guys in particular. You know, the big question is um, with those three guys, who comes back? Who's gone? Um, there's a lot of talk about that. Um, interested to get your guys' opinion. JT? On those three, man, because you got to think. Sage, I think of the three Sage is the more unknown um, to me. Like, he's the one, like, maybe you, like, because I know he had the injury senior year of high school. You know, they got him in there working out. Um, he definitely looks a lot bigger than he was when he first showed up, of course. So it just depends on, like, what they feel about that, like, what the staff feels about him. Because it's like, man, if he has some potential, because, like, he has potential. Um, but, you know, with what they had, did he show enough to be like, hey, he could be a kid that maybe next year can play five to ten minutes sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, he's the he's the wild card because I think, like, in a perfect world, you're probably keeping Sage. Um, you probably want to keep Sage in a perfect world if they feel comfortable. And then the other two, like Hensley, um, just, like, how much – I don't know. I think it's more a confidence thing just – um, in general, but like Hensley's probably like one of the ones you're like, maybe not. Um, I know JD's done a lot for the program, um, just being a Cincinnati kid, but like the gift and the, the gifts of JD are great. But then when the, when stuff's going bad, not saying like his attitude's bad, just like when his, his, his pros and his cons, sometimes his cons outweigh his pros and going into the big 12, yeah, 
the portal might be a better move. I mean, not, I'm not saying like him leap, man. No, I'm saying like you, they probably can get somebody that's a little bit more solid on both ends, um, especially going to the Big 12. Um, just just me. I mean, that's neither here nor That's just my, my thoughts, and it might not be everybody else's thoughts in general. But because um, it could be a coin flip. I don't know. Because they gonna have, losing Landers, losing Landers. I don't think he comes back. I think they have to improve the roster with some sophomore and junior guys that are like ready to rock and roll. If you're gonna come in there and shake up the Big Twelve, at least be a solid team in the Big Twelve, because you because otherwise you're asking too much of the, the freshmen. And if the freshmen could be ready just to be like just those guys like, Hey, y'all kind of overlooking us and we're ready to take that jump and we're, we're the shit, um, um, et cetera. But I think you have to look to be able to get in the portal and get some guys that are a little bit more like two way players. And that can be really good on both ends of the court. So I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not sure where Jeremiah stands. Um, if he'll come back or not, I know that, you know, Wes Miller enjoys coaching him. He's very, very coachable, you yeah. know, a Cincinnati kid. It just depends on what J.D. wants to do uh, moving forward. Uh, like you said, the thing with Sage is, is he's he's kind of an unknown. I mean, you got a guy with size that is here. Yeah. Uh, is he capable? Yes. Uh, it depends on how – you know, you don't want a guy that takes three years to be able to play no. in this generation. You know what I mean? You want a guy who – maybe a year and a half yeah turn a corner i mean it so we, we just we just don't know i mean but he's got great great size um you know with hensley um hensley a guy is a guy i think would probably move on um if i was a betting man um but but, but this is my opinion on who comes back next year i mean definitely you got a skillings um reed for sure um i think micah comes back i think Odie comes back Vic back. Um, I definitely think Newman will play. I think he'll be back. I think he'll get cleared and, and he'll play. And then um, what Chase and CJ, the two walk-ons. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? I was going off the my Same. little mental roster. Um, then you factor in Dan. I already said Dan. Dan. Yeah. I said, yeah, Dan. said Dan. Then you bring in guys like Rayvon, Jizzle. Uh, day day, I think you guys could throw those guys into the realm as well. And, and here's here's my thing: the, the only thing that 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 bothers me a little bit is you can't put pressure on those three guys that we have signed right now to come in and be spectacular, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You have to be very careful of that, right? And yeah. you know, and, and are they dynamic? Absolutely, they're dynamic players. They're some of the best recruits we've had in a long time they should play right away they should get good minutes yeah. but to put that much pressure on guys that i mean you're, you're not playing in the aac anymore no nah, not at all you're not at all it's a different like, animal that's 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 my thing like so like the thing is like the freshman i think they're going to be fine but the thing is like if, if they're ready cool but you know what i mean like if it's going to be different levels like but if they're not if they don't make the right roster moves they're going to the freshmen are going to have to come in and really be like that like 
from day one just be like damn near one and done type players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like from the beginning, they had, to, they had to come in and be like, we're just so much better. We're ready. We're just like, otherwise it's going to be a, like, it's going to be real tough because it's the big 12, man. It's not the AAC. Like the AAC, they can get away with it. I think the current roster at those three, then you add another solid big man. Like you're playing with, you're, you're playing with house money. Um, but going into the big 12, they don't add the right pieces. That's why I think like, um, this season or this off season is so much different than the last two. They have to be a little selfish per se, maybe, um, with kind of the conversations that probably are going to have to be had, um, just being real with stuff. Um, because I think that they have to bring, if they don't bring the right pieces with them, I think it's going to put too much pressure on those freshmen. Um, but they may be, the thing is, like, what you want is you want, if those freshmen are ready, you want them to be ready without the pure pressure. Like, they want them just to be able to play free, where I think yeah. now it would be them just, like, if they don't play good or play very well, like, this team is not going to be very good next year. It, it, and to your point, look at what look what playing in the AAC this season did for a guy like Dan Skillings. Yep. You know, yep. we come out there and make – Mistakes he was making early in the year, some of those shots that he was missing, he was yeah. making them later in the year. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that's through the AAC, but you get to the Big 12. Pete, look, you just don't win at Kansas in the Big 12. Kansas no. doesn't lose at home. No, they don't. <laughs> so there's, no, they don't. I mean, we're looking at a Kansas State team right now who – who was picked last in the Big 12? Yeah. And freaking should have. I mean, they should have been in the final four. I mean, shout out to FAU. That's where they're playing, right? Yeah, FAU in the Elite Eight. Obviously, that Kansas State team might look a little different next year without Noel and uh, Johnson, but they're still a very tough team, very coached, very well coached team as well. And it's it's, it's, just like, like, think about this. If, if, if Kansas State is picked last in the Big 12 and they were, minutes away from going to the whatever it was going to the final four yeah who was the last place AAC team like <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's not even close it's not even close exactly it's not even close they were picked to finish last and they daniel's made it to the final four literally minutes away Crazy. <laughs> to the final four and think about and think about how good you know that coach takes over at texas and goes 21 and 7 or whatever his record yeah. was and they didn't skip a beat. They were tough. Texas yeah. was tougher than I thought, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Like I, I think if that kid does a five-year deal in the process of it man. too, and deserved yeah. it. He definitely deserved it, man. Yep, absolutely. Because they, they were it kept rolling. I forgot Chris Beard was the coach. They were they were playing so well. Like I was like, damn, I forgot dude got in trouble. Like, oh yeah, that dude did get in trouble. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> they were playing so good. I'm like, damn, Texas is still like legit. Yeah. But yeah, because if that kid doesn't take that, like, what changed the game when that kid took that that knee to the thigh, he wasn't the same. And then they were rolling like, oh, the other team started rolling. It was, it was yeah. bad about the zoo there too. But but the Big Twelve is a monster, man. Like, it, I mean, it's just so many teams that are like, because you can win seven or eight games in the conference and make the tournament. That's that's how you know like it's a different monster. Like all the wins. That's all you gotta do. Like you just we, like you see you see what's happening. Yeah, with this year, uh, with, 10 uh, West teams West in the Big 12 made it to the tournament. West yeah, Virginia West. went 
0 and 6 or something like that. They were like 0 and 6. Yeah, I think it was to start the conference. Start winning, make it. And they deserve it. End up making the uh, conference tournament there. You see, 10, anytime you see 10 teams make a NCAA tournament from one conference, it, it makes you step back and think too, because we're talking about the Big 12. You see 10 teams make the NCAA tournament, and then you flip the page to the American and just see just two. Arguably, there could have been a case for maybe three. But overall, like that's a substantial gap in uh, that statistic right there. Like you're looking down, you see a team go 0 and 7 to make their conference, to start the conference, and then still make the tournament because they had big, they went on the road big wins and i mean you're looking down like majority of the season six or seven teams in the big uh big 12 were ranked in the top 25 or just outside the top 25 yeah. and the if american you, yeah. you had houston in the top 25 all season long and then you had memphis slowly make their climb there towards the end of the season tulane was on the outside looking in cincinnati was on the outside looking in like it, it's a it's a definitely a different thing to look yeah. at. Like it's a juggernaut of a conference as they make the uh, change to the Big Twelve. Yeah, if you go zero and seven in the in the AAC, you're not making no damn tournament. No, it don't matter what who you beat, like to finish the season. You go, you start off zero and seven, it's over. You start planning for next year, or you might get lucky enough to be in the NIT. Might like that's CBI maybe, but like yeah. it's a wrap. You start off zero and seven in the AAC. Shit, you they might get you a that team is looking to fire you like you're not yeah team, you might you know what I'm saying hot seat skillet or whatever you're on yeah um because it, it ain't rolling but Big Twelve it's a different animal that's why like they have to make the right moves that's why it's so important like you got to bring the right people and it's not like a, you know just about the program man because um. Because you can do, like, you know, you see these teams like Kansas State. Nobody expected them to do what they did. Um, Marty Cap teams, was another team yeah. that no one expected. No one expected. Like, you you can – it can be Cincinnati. Cincinnati has the history, um, the infrastructure, everything. So, you, you got to look at that. So, it's some tough decisions that got to be made. And going to the Big 12, man, you, you got to be real with it because it's a hell of a conference and it's a – conference that can humble you fast <laughs> yeah listen at the end of the day i think the bearcat basketball will be fine um and no, this is i'm this is not a knock on bearcat football but i think bearcat basketball has the infrastructure to compete in the big 12 i mean obviously bearcats for years were the top team top one of the top teams in the country for years you know and and so that's that that's still there that's still in the dna so yeah you, know, you go to it people were you know i was talking to some bearcat fans and they're like we're gonna get killed in the big 12 and i'm like it maybe at first but it's it's gonna take a little bit of time to adjust to things but once we adjust we're gonna be fine man, man if we get the right people i'm telling you man if we if we go into it with the right roster i'm not even i'm like i'm now, I first I said we were gonna get killed. But I'm like, we go into the right roster, I think we can be okay. Like it'll just be like adjusting to playing heavy hitters every every game. But I think they'll be adequate if they go into the go into it with the right pieces. Yeah. And that's 
that's where the off season's got to come in and it's got to work out the right way. You can't have got to hit like everything has to hit. Like whoever you keep has to improve. Whoever whoever you add from the portal, they have to come in and they can't be um, they can't be slow to the slow to the party. You know what I mean? Like they got to arrive on time. They can't be late. Um, hell, they need to be early. Whoever comes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. And, you know, they need to stay late. They can't be, they can't be a person that's here at the party for 10 minutes. They got to be there for the whole season. So whole, the whole thing. So, but you see those teams, man, so many teams that messed up, you know what I mean? Not messed up, but they were like not good and they got the right people. And you're like, damn, they made this run. They got three transfers and they were freaking two and 45 the year before. Like what the hell? Like, man, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about things. I'm excited for the future of, of shit, Bearcat Athletics in general. And and by the way, shout out and Neil, I'll let you um uh touch on this. Bearcat's uh, women's team has a new coach. Neil, you yeah, want to so, uh yeah, shout out to new head coach Katrina Merriweather. Uh today was the introductory press conference. I thought it went phenomenally well. Uh, me personally, I loved what I heard. Uh, it's obviously good to bring a Bearcat home. Uh, Alex would know that himself from playing at this university and uh, always being around the program. So uh, overall, I think uh, it's a great hire. I She's got a track record of winning. Obviously, uh, she's coming off a Sweet 16 NIT run with the Memphis Tigers. And uh, took them to their first 20-plus win season in over a decade. So, uh, it's a very quick turnaround and got them on. She was only at Memphis for two seasons. So, to get a program to bounce back in a quick time frame like that, she's uh, going to be looking to do that, the same thing here. Uh, obviously, she was coached by now Hall of Fame head coach Lori Pirtle, uh, who was inducted into the 2022 Hall of Fame class here at the University of Cincinnati. So uh, give a huge shout out to Katrina Merriweather and uh, looking forward to what she's going to be able to bring to the hardwood here at uh, Fifth Third Arena in the inaugural Big 12 season. Yeah, and she and I went to school together. Know her real well. Matter of fact, we were just talking about her uh, on Saturday when I was with Kenyon Martin. So we were all there at the same time. And Kenyon even said, I was with Kenyon on Saturday night. And he was like, yo, can you believe she's the head coach? I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So uh, we're all excited for her. She's like a really, really cool person, like really cool. So I'm excited to uh, to, to have her uh, here back in the red and black. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website, 93waystomentor.com, or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Fellas, this concludes our final podcast of the season. We want to thank all of our sponsors, Taxley Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed 
on Bearcat Game Days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com to learn more. Fellas, I want to tell you guys, man, I really enjoyed working with you all. Um, I'm glad that this opportunity came about. I want to thank you guys uh, for the opportunity. Um, just it was it was great. It was I think we 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 kept building that rapport and uh, gave the Bearcat fans some uh, exciting content. JT. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, yeah, it was good, man. It was super, super good. I thought it was a lot of people said they listened to it, which was pretty dope. So um, hopefully, you know, it's going to keep keep the momentum building. But, you know, it's the last episode of the season, man. Wish they were wish they were playing in the Final Four maybe, maybe <laughs> next year. Next year, maybe baby. Next year. Next year, tomorrow, baby. Wait, wait next year, boy. Playing in the final four, no, but uh, playing a big dance that that'd be dope because I mean, as people, people, people gravitate to the NIT this year, which I didn't expect. It was pretty. I thought it was pretty cool. It just shows how good the fan base is. So I just know once we get into the to the big dance next year, we're going to the Big Twelve. We're going to get in there. I'm telling you, West and I'm going to pull it off. They're going to get in there. I don't care if we freaking 14th seed. Be in there. I agree, Neil. Yeah, so just want to thank you guys for the opportunity for us to come along this season and put this together. Obviously, it was something we all came up with the idea of and uh, something that not many people have done. So we're thrilled and absolutely fired up to bring you guys this Bearcat content throughout the season. It was for sure a blast, and uh, we're looking forward to keeping this thing going and uh, – continuing to provide you guys with all the uh, latest content previews and whatnot and stuff during into the off season. So we'll keep you guys up on the news. Hopefully uh, we have to give a big shout out to our sponsors. We really appreciate them for everything they have done uh, in terms of supporting this podcast and what we are trying to do here uh, with the Bearcat tip off talk podcast. So we have to give a huge shout out to them. Uh, but we also have to give a huge shout out to one of our biggest fans and supporters, Mr. Morgan, we very appreciate you listening. <laughs> we enjoy our conversations with you at the game, and that is uh, the father of assistant coach Andre Morgan, so we really <laughs> appreciate him uh, checking us out. We really do enjoy our conversations at the game with you. They are always a blast, so I uh, just have to give him a huge shout-out. So, Mr. Morgan, if you're going to be listening to this episode, we appreciate you for checking us out, and uh, – we enjoy the conversations, the feedback, and it's always a blast when we get to see you. Yeah, you know what? And I'm gonna piggyback that, man. Thanks to the fans. Seriously. Like, you know, they're the ones that keep the podcast going. The numbers look great. We can go back to the sponsors and say, here are the numbers. And that's the Bearcats, Bearcat fan base. I mean, just an enthusiastic fan base, man. It's crazy. It, and it seems like JT, it just keeps growing. Yeah, like Bearcat fan base just gets bigger. It seems like it's bigger and stronger than even when I played. Dang, you think so? It does in a lot of ways. And I'll tell you why, because football is good now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes sense. That yep. definitely makes sense. That's why. In yeah, my yeah. Because it was just basketball. Oh, your run. Then when I was there, like I was like right after Kenyon graduated. 
boom, basketball still was crazy. Like you were like he had to freak it. He had scalpers out there killing. Um, <laughs> had to man, you had to like camp out, man. Like Neil, you don't got you don't work, you ain't have to worry about this, but like camp out. You know how people were camping out for uh how you, how people were camping out for when um College Damn. game day was here. College game day. That's how you had to camp out for tickets. I was for the one of game. them for that one. That was yeah. a cold night up you there. You had to camp out like there. that. It was that. crazy. It'd be some games you'd be like, man, shit, I ain't going to that one because I ain't camping out. <laughs> hey, that sidewalk was pretty cold that night. I, I pulled, I think, a 36 hours straight for college camp. game day and then the game right after covering I it. So it was, it was worth it. It was worth yeah. it, though. You know, yeah. I, so I so I do think the fan base is is now, and you got to think a lot of the a lot of the fans from the time when I played and JT when you were in school now have children. Yeah, children now are Bearcat fans, right? So it's just it's True. multiplying, right? And um, I I just love I love the direction, um, and I, listen, I know I'm a positive, I'm a real positive person, especially when it comes to you know Bearcat athletics and sports. I and mean, I look at it, it's entertainment at the end of the day. Um, I don't gamble. I'm not a. I don't. I don't bet um, on stuff. And I, I. I really enjoy going to the games just to meet people and just the entertainment value of being around good people and um, the fun environment. And there's nothing like you know going to nip at night, um, Fifth Third Arena when it's rocking. Uh, just just exciting exciting times to me. Um, oh. And by the way, we're going to take our sponsors out to lunch here pretty soon. All the sponsors of the podcast, sit down and talk with them and thank them for being a part of this. And um, we'll be back next season. We'll be yeah. back. Um, you know what? We've got some room. I think next season we're going to add a couple things. Uh, we can we could use some more sponsors, too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Y'all. Hit, hit us up so we can uh, so can be a part of the pod. Grow with us. Grow with us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, and, and before we get out of here, can you guys shout out um, all your content, the front office news, and how people can uh, absorb that content? All right, cool, man. Uh, hit up the frontofficenews.com. First and foremost, that's kind of the home base. You can find a, find a YouTube channel there on YouTube. Just search. I even changed it up. It's the front office news. Search that. Subscribe um we're like in the mid threes now we're trying to get up to 1000 or more but bearcat nation if y'all listening go subscribe tell your kids to subscribe go tell your grandparents <laughs> subscribe like my grand, grandfather's hey it don't matter just click the subscribe have them click the subscribe button can he get um, on the yeah. internet though can grandpa get on the internet can hey if you can go? there's a will there's a way hit the button hit the button just hit the button <laughs> Hit the button. We got legit content all the like all the time. My man Neil's been killing it, getting all the exclusive interviews. That's on there for free. We're not charging. Um, mm. But you know, rivals in on on sports on um, on sports holler at us. I know y'all need some Bearcat content over there. You know, we killing it. So y'all gonna have to check in with us sooner or later. But uh, make sure y'all make sure y'all subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you're on Instagram. Front office news, follow all the contents up there as well. Um, and then if you want to just bother me on Twitter, underscore JT underscore Smith. And that's all I got for you today. Neil? Yeah, so you guys can find all of my stuff with JT's over at thefrontofficenews.com. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MeyerNeil6. You can find us on Instagram at the front office news, as JT mentioned. You can find myself on Instagram as my2ne, kind of my <laughs> first and last name. You can find me there. Um, yeah, I'm also, you can also find me doing some stuff with 48 Minutes Network. So shout out our guy, Tim Daniel. You can find me over there. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff with Parker Fields. Make sure you go check out our other podcast of the at-large bid. We have a new episode that just came out today. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, we're going to be previewing the final four for you guys and the national championship. So uh, we're going to have stuff going on over there. So make sure you go check them out as well, but make sure you just tapping into the YouTube channel. Make sure you go down there and hit that subscribe button. Uh, get us up to that 1000 uh, as quickly as possible, whether it's as JT mentioned, kids, grandparents, <laughs> yourselves, Make sure we spread that love. If I have any college kids that listen to this podcast, I know the uh, enrollment's about 46,000. So uh, let's make sure to do our part in that. (laughs) No, right. Come on. Flyers around campus or something. We're going to have to, man. We're going to have to. Uh, Make sure you do that. Come check us out. Uh, We have a lot of good stuff on the website, the YouTube channel. Um, As we talked about earlier, I did a one-on-one today with, the new women's basketball coach, Katrina Merriweather. Make sure you head on over to the website. Check that out as well. So, yeah, man, just go out there, hit the YouTube and the website, and continue to check us out. As JT mentioned, it is free uh, on three. And uh, I believe Rivals, right, you can make sure to hit us up as well. Uh, yeah. JT's been trying to holler at you guys for a while. So yep. make sure to hit us, hit us up. Hit us up. They want to, y'all want some quality content. I know y'all y'all struggling on Bearcast content. I know. I'm paying attention. Trust me. <laughs> Trust hey, me. And uh, <laughs> a couple quick things, and then we'll uh, we'll sign off here. Um, shout out to one of our listener uh, listeners, Doug <laughs> Jacob. You guys, uh, he was the gentleman. I, I think <laughs> I sent his, when you guys said there were nothing but old people sitting in the front row at the um, NIT game. Well, Doug was one of the people sitting. <laughs> row and doug ain't old so no nah, but he would it would all oh, but it was no y'all were y'all were talking y'all were talking oh, for sure it was definitely it was definitely like like you know nah, Doug's some older people out Doug's there i ain't gonna i ain't gonna backtrack but doug uh, props to you being in the front row man thanks for checking us out too <laughs> doug, doug out. we we apologize for you uh nah he definitely was probably uh he's cool with it now nah, don't, don't yeah, reach out to you and uh he's good didn't mean no harm He's, uh, yeah. he's all, we he's appreciate all, you checking us out, but he's all good. to you for getting them, uh, getting them courtside seats too. I heard that uh, that waiting room was pretty uh, <laughs> pretty tough. So props to you for waiting it out and getting and securing those. So I have to give a shout out to that. I have Doug's, to. Doug's a big Doug's a big baller, so he's all good, man. Good. Hey, man, you need to be it. Be the next uh, next sponsor, big dog. Oh yeah, we got we got to get him in as a sponsor. Man, his his son Gavin uh, played in my AU program, and Gavin's one of my favorite kids. Man, love that kid. So nice, nice people. So I got to holler, Doug. But and speaking of that, I'm getting ready to uh, transition into this AU season. Man, we've got 22 teams uh, that start playing Friday evening. So we're we're ready to get started with the whole AU world. Man, it's about to get crazy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. JT's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then um, last thing that I want to say is uh, I'll be starting back up on the uh, Bearcat Basketball Podcast, um, my interview series. Uh, I got some some great interviews set up with some former players. Um, 
So got got a got a home run home run interview coming up here uh, this summer. Nice, nice. Yeah, the Bear the Bearcat fans should be excited. But I got I got to fly out to the West Coast to do it. I think people could do the math on that one. Yeah, so, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the one people been waiting for. So uh, knock, knock that out. So um, and for the last time this season. We want to thank all the Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats.